church. We're either going to be politically correct, cave into the culture, make no difference, or we're going to take a stand and look them in the face and say, in love we tell you we can't go there. We are going to be happily intolerant of what you're saying. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Life Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues the exciting series entitled Piercing the Darkness. On the last Life Talk program, Pastor Jeff discussed the absurdity of absolute tolerance. Think about it for a moment. If we really walked in total tolerance of all behavior, society would descend into chaos. For any society to survive, there's got to be a willingness to apply social pressure to curb behaviors that are judged unacceptable. The problem is, the lie of tolerance has led many Christians into error. Today, Pastor Jeff concludes his message with part two of Wanted, a politically incorrect church. So grab your Bibles and let's go right to the message. The only people it's right anymore to persecute are Christians. Why? Because we insist on no other name, no one else, no other way. So under the new PC definition of tolerance, all worldviews, listen to this, are equally valid because there is no absolute, non-negotiable truth as found in the Bible. Don't tell me that there's only one truth because my truth is my truth and yours is yours. Don't judge mine and I won't judge yours. And that's the new tolerance. What's the result of all that? Listen carefully. Tolerance. This concept of it has replaced truth as the primary American virtue. Watch the news. Read your papers. You know what's going on around there. You know what's going on out there. You know how they see things. Watch the way news anchors will tear into and rip into a Christian when they insist that Jesus Christ is the only way. This is Larry King's number one question to any Christian that sits on his show. Are you telling me that I've got to believe like you to get to heaven? And those that are adhering to the Word of God say, yes, Larry, that's what Jesus said. I'm the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. That doesn't make me an intolerant bigot. That means that I am believing what my Savior said. That's it. So, church, let me inform you, the gloves are off. The game is afoot. And it's coming down to, are you going to be politically correct and cave into the culture or politically incorrect and take your stand for the Word of God and for the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, let me talk a little bit more about queen tolerance. And I want to clear up one of the biggest sources of confusion that are around today and that's in the church. And the whole thing has to do with judging 
others. Because you see, the new definition of tolerance says you can't judge anybody, you shouldn't judge anybody. Who are you to judge me? I won't judge you, you don't judge me. Can't we all just get along? Which sounds great, except when you take a stand for Christ, they happily, speedily, viciously judge you. Since the new tolerance claims that all worldviews are equal, all of them are equal on equal footing, and none is better than another, much of our country has been brainwashed into believing that to judge somebody is to be intolerant. Is that true? Is it true that if I judge somebody's lifestyle or I judge somebody's belief, I'm being an intolerant, homophobic bigot? Is that really true? I want to tell you something right now. That belief that it's wrong to judge someone, it's wrong to look at somebody's life or belief system and judge it, is the hook that is in the soul of our nation, and it's going to drag us down into the abyss and into destruction. If we don't get a hold of this and penetrate that lie and realize that, no, the Bible doesn't teach you should never judge somebody. The Bible says to judge is not intolerance, it is wisdom. Now, I've told you over and over that I've got bird feeders in my backyard, and I go out there every day, and I put it full of bird seed, and I sit out there with my Bible, and I love being with the birds, my little fountain, and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. It's my favorite time of day. And yesterday morning, just yesterday morning, I was out there, and when I put the bird seed out, you'll see that the tree that in front of me all of a sudden fills with doves and blue jays and sparrows and finches because they know that the man has just come out there and put seed in the bird feeder. Now, I'm sitting there, I'm reading my Bible, and the, bullet, the tree is full of these birds. And all of a sudden, while I'm reading my Bible, whoosh, they went. I mean, they boogied. I mean, they fled in every single direction. Feathers flying everywhere. They got out of there. And I looked up there and I said, did I move too fast? Did I scare them? And then in about 10 seconds, right overhead, flew a hawk. Now, I thought this to myself. What if they had been politically correct? <laughs> and they said, one of them said, it's a hawk. Don't say it's a hawk. That's not a hawk. I don't see a hawk. It's just a bird. It's a bird just like us. You can't call that a hawk. That's not a hawk. That's just a bird just like us. Don't you pass judgment on that hawk. And every bird that decided to remain politically correct would have been eaten alive. No, they saved their life by being willing to judge. Come on, everybody. They didn't say to each other, don't say it's a hawk. It's wrong to judge that bird. Don't judge that bird. Don't say it's a hawk. No, they said, right there is a hawk. He wants to eat me. That's my enemy. I'm passing a value judgment And I'm getting out of here to save my life. Any politically correct bird would have no longer existed. He would have died on the altar of PC. Now let me tell you something. That's funny, but those birds have more sense than Americans today. Those birds. Because we see enemies coming into our nation. 
We see people who have spoken out loud, they wish us harm. But political correctness has muzzled us, choked us, strangled us, and kept us from calling an enemy an enemy, trying to rename them, redefine them, just for an example. And if we don't wake up and realize it's not wrong to judge, it's wisdom, we will die on the altar of PC. Now the Bible says there's two kinds of judging. Because I know what you're thinking. Well, the Bible says we shouldn't judge. Well, you're right. Jesus and Paul both taught against judging. But there's two kinds of judging. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, do not judge. And the PC people love that one. Well, even Jesus, your founder, your savior, your Lord, your Christ said, don't judge. You're right. He did say that. He went further. He said, if you judge, you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Well, what about what Paul said? He said the same thing. He said, you therefore, in Romans 2, 1, you therefore have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. No doubt these verses sound like it would be wrong for us to pass judgment until you look at the original language the Bible was written in. Because the word for judge in the Bible is krino. You don't have to remember that. Just take note of it right now. Crino is the word for judge. And it can mean two things. To condemn or to distinguish one thing from another. To condemn or to distinguish one thing from another. Those birds distinguished a hawk from a dove and said, time to flee. They judged the kind of judgment that Jesus and Paul are telling us not to be involved in is the judgment that condemns people. Jesus said, don't condemn other people. For if you condemn them, you'll also be condemned. Even Jesus himself said, I don't condemn you, but the word that I have spoken to you will condemn you in the last day. We're not to condemn. No, we're not to condemn others because we have been in the very position they're in. We're not to condemn others. But here's what Jesus and Paul in the Bible is not saying. They were not saying we should refuse to exercise judgment by distinguishing right from wrong, good from bad, godly from ungodly. Are you all there today? This is very important. For instance, let me give you an example. Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. Well, guess what? How are you going to know somebody by their fruits unless you make a judgment on the kind of fruit their life has produced? How are you going to know if somebody's teaching falsely if you don't judge their message? How are you going to know if somebody's living immorally or morally if you don't judge their moral lifestyle? As a matter of fact, you know the Bible says that with spiritual maturity comes the ability, the enhanced ability to pass judgment? The Bible says in Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish, to judge between good and evil. The Bible does not teach us not to judge. It teaches us not to condemn. It never tells us to tolerate sin. It tells us not to condemn the sinner. There is a difference. If a hawk is coming towards me, 
I'm going to call it a hawk. And I'm going to deal with it as an enemy. And I'm not going to tell myself it's something else so that I can kowtow to some crazy philosophy that will not let me call a hawk a hawk. Not going to do it. In Galatians 6 verse 1, Paul has learned that somebody in the church has been found living in sexual sin. Well, rather than tolerating it, the church is told to deal with it. He said, brothers, if somebody is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him. If you're spiritual, you'll judge the sin and restore the sinner. But watch yourself or you also may be tempted. James says the same thing. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and somebody should bring him back from wandering, remember this, whoever turns a sinner, turns a sinner, turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. How can you turn somebody from error if you don't pass judgment on what they're doing? How can you save somebody from error if you don't judge what they're doing to be erroneous? PC says, don't judge, don't say anything, don't think anything. Can't we all just get along? You sin, I'll sin, we'll all sin, we'll all be happy. Don't pass a judgment on me. Don't tell me from your Bible what, that something is wrong or right in my life. It's not what the Bible says to you and I as believers. Rather than calling for tolerance, James calls for confrontation. Do you know that one of the churches in Revelations was actually commended for their intolerance? Revelations 2.2 says, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. That means this church that was commended by Jesus for its intolerance of sin said, you did the right thing by testing what you saw and finding it to be wrong. The church is not called to be politically correct. The church is called to be politically incorrect. What we need is churches who will stand up and say, I am not going to allow cultural Marxism to muzzle my mouth. I'm not going to allow cultural Marxism to take away from me my ability to call a hawk a hawk. It's a far cry from tolerance when the Bible says, hate what is evil, loathe all ungodliness, turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. Well, how am I going to know what's ungodly or what's wicked or what's good if I'm not passing judgments? While it is God who holds the corner on the condemning market, He can condemn whatever He wants. We've got to be prepared to do the discerning kind of judging. Let me just take it a step further. Have you ever thought about how absurd it would be if we really did cave in to the preachers of tolerance? Think for a moment. If we really walked in total tolerance of all behavior and accepted the PC message and allow that message to shape us as a church and as a society, society would descend into chaos in no time. For any society any church, any individual to survive. You've got to be willing to apply social pressure to curb behaviors that are judged unacceptable. Instead of being tolerant of any kind of activity, 
We have a right, we have a responsibility as the church of Jesus Christ to stand up and say, no, for instance, we will not be tolerant of the murder of unborn boys and girls. How can we be tolerant of that? And what about today's hot topic message, same-sex marriage? What about that? We're told we should be tolerant of this new definition of marriage. But how far, and I ask you today, and all of you listening by radio, our friends in the Midwest, how far does tolerance go? How long does the church allow itself to be muzzled by the preachers of political correctness, by cultural Marxism that says, don't open your mouth, don't pass a judgment, don't say a thing, leave everybody alone, leave your convictions to yourself? If America and the church cave in, in the arena of same-sex marriage, then the demand for tolerance of the marriage between one man and two women or one woman and two men is just around the corner. And how long is it going to be before an animal lover says, I love my dog? Are we to tolerate their marriage? Meet John and meet Fido. Do you, Fido? I do. (laughs) Now, you think it can't happen here? You think it can't happen here? Let me ask you a question. Who would have ever guessed, even 20 years ago, we would be dealing with same-sex marriage? See, we're the frog in the boiling water. It's getting hotter all the time. And because it's been gradual and incremental, we're not aware of what's going on around us. If I could go back to the 1950s and pull somebody from the 1950s and drop them into our culture, they would have a heart attack by the end of the day. Here's the bottom line. There's no such thing as total tolerance. And there's no such thing as the church called to tolerate sin and say nothing against it because we know that sin destroys the individual. We choose to draw the line where the Bible draws the line. Where does the Bible draw the line? Marriage is the union of one man and one woman, and we are intolerant of any other definition. Have you ever thought that tolerance may turn out to be the most unloving attitude of all possibilities? Tolerance? Take, for example, Lee, a father who made it very clear to his son that there was no tolerance for drugs in his home. We are intolerant of drugs in this home, son. And if the son crossed that line, Lee told him he would have to leave the home. The son crossed the line. And the father remained firm in his intolerance. It was a blustery, rainy night when the father took his son to the door and put him out in the street with only the clothes on his back. After closing the door, the father turned away and wept like a baby. But that act of intolerance saved his son's life. Because he got out there in the real world, had no money, and couldn't make it, started thinking about his drug usage and how his dad had taken a firm stand. And just a few months later, he came back, And the father and son were established, reunited in a wonderful relationship. And intolerance was the wisdom for the day. Now, if we as a church just cave in and say, well, yeah, same-sex marriages, and well, yeah, there is no absolute truth, and oh, yeah, there's many ways to God, not just Jesus, we are 
hurting them. But here's the problem, and I leave you with this. The lie of tolerance has led many Christians into error. There are many churches that believe they're doing the right thing to be tolerant when they should have stood up a long, long time ago and said, no, here's the line in the sand. It's this book and what's in it because I have found this book to be true. And this book introduced me to Jesus. And this book has been my guide throughout life. And this is my primary philosophy book and my primary textbook for living, for life and living. It teaches me about morals, right and wrong, about God, about the devil, about eternity. It teaches me about everything in life and living. And so therefore, I cannot let this go across that line. I'm going to have to be intolerant. If you want to call me a bigot, so be it. If you want to call me archaic, so be it. If you want to call me narrow-minded, stupid, uneducated, so be it. If you want to call me names and vilify me, let it go. I'm still not moving from the truth because one day, if even one of you, if even one of you turns from the error of your way, it was all worth it. So church, we're either going to be politically correct, cave into the culture, make no difference, anywhere, at any time, or we're going to take a stand and look them in the face and say, in love we tell you, we can't go there. We are going to be happily intolerant of what you're saying. We will not bow, break, or back down. If you throw us into the oven, we're going into the oven. The fourth man will show up in that oven, and he will deliver us one way or the other. But we're not going to give in. If we let that go, the only hope for freedom in America is gone. If the church doesn't stop it, it's not going to be stopped. As Pastor Jeff has said, this is not the time to worry about being politically correct. It is a time in which we must be sensitive not to offending the society around us, but rather to doing the will of God in our lives. Tolerance may turn out to be the most unloving attitude of all. If tolerance keeps us from declaring the truth of God's word to the world, how will people be saved and escape the judgment that is to come? How can they be delivered from sin, hatred, sickness, and hopelessness? How will they know the love of the Father in heaven that sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to save them from hell? Because He, God, so loved the world. Let's stand strong, let's speak the truth in love, and refuse to go over the cliff of political correctness. Well, that's it for this time. We hope you've enjoyed the message and will remember this. God transforms suffering people into comforters. He brings gain out of pain. Join Pastor Jeff again next time for another exciting message from this life-changing series, Piercing the Darkness. Until then, may God bless you richly. Wanted, a politically incorrect church, is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, Piercing the Darkness. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. 
Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Gift, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff Wickwire, and I am so excited to announce that Turning Point Church will be launching Reach Bible College and Seminary this November. Whether you've been in ministry for years or you're just getting started, Reach Bible College and Seminary will help you reach your goals. Our affordable bachelor and master degree programs are designed to incorporate practical ministry alongside a sound theological education. Why wait until you finish your education before starting your ministry? We're now enrolling for the winter trimester that begins November 28th. For more information, visit our website at www.reachdfw.org. That address again is www.reachdfw.org. You can also visit our information table before and after any of our weekly services at Turning Point Church. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.